Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest Outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson, Rob Ensley, and Joey Piburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Welcome to to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports App. Rob Ensley to my left, Joey Pyro to my right, Matt Nelson running the board. I'm Tom Nelson. On the phone, a gentleman that has been a mentor to hunters in the Hunter Ed program, Advanced Hunter Education, for well over a decade and has impacted hundreds of new hunters. And now, due to the actions from Olympia and the appointments of anti-hunting people that that have been appointed to the commission, he's decided to resign. But he did so writing a very eloquent, pointed letter. And I'm going to let him walk through. John Wallace. Morning, John. Joins the show this morning. Good morning, Mr. Wallace. Thank you for your service. Good good morning, Tom and Rob and Joey and Matt. I appreciate the uh, forum. So tell us what's going on, man. We, we saw your letter of, re- of resignation, very well written, by the way, to Jay Inslee. Um, you know, and we're not happy with our wildlife commission either and the way it's going and, and our recent appointments there. And that, to, I mean, basically, the direction it's headed is, is this anti-hunting, anti-gun direction. Uh, we all know all the funding comes from the sale of sporting goods, Um to fund our wildlife programs and wildlife conservation. Why don't you kind of map out what's going on here in Washington and, and why all of us are so frustrated, including yourself? Well, the um, first I'd like to explain that hunters um, account for one-third of the budget of uh, fish and wildlife, and that comes in the form of licenses, tags, and an excise tax of 11% on uh, guns, ammo, and hunting equipment from the Pittman-Robertson Fund. Uh, <clears throat> so it's very important to the department to have hunters continue to be interested in hunting in the state. Uh, recently, the governor has loaded the Wildlife Commission. Let me explain. The Wildlife Commission appointees are all appointed by the governor. And the governor's mandate is to make appointments that seek a balance reflecting all aspects of fish and wildlife, including representation recommended by organized groups representing sport fishers, commercial fishers, hunters, private landowners, and environmentalists. Well, what he's done is appointed five members to the nine-member board that are mainly anti-hunting. And the result recently has been that they permanently uh, eliminated the spring bear hunt. Uh, Washington has uh, an excess of predators uh, because of protection, uh, and uh, that spring bear hunt eliminates a lot of fawn deaths. When the bears come out in the spring, 
They look for easy pickings and fawns are just lying there on the ground, and they eat a lot of them. That's why the spring bear hunt is so important. Uh, <clears throat> but the, the main point here is that there is no balance on the commission. And this is in direct violation to the revised code of Washington 77.04.040. And that talks about the balance that needs to be maintained. Uh, I've contacted the members of the Senate Agriculture, uh, Agriculture, Water, Natural Resources Committee. I've received no responses back. Um, I received no response back from the governor on my resignation for uh, as a hunter ed instructor, instructor and master hunter. Um, it's important that hunters stay involved. They represent as much as 50,000 hours of volunteer work every year. Uh, and and that's about 25 full-time employees that the government doesn't need to hire. So when you start discouraging hunters by taking away their opportunity and by visibly stacking the deck against hunting on a commission that is supposed to support our resource, uh, it discourages people. And my resignation was... Uh, in answer to that and to try and get the word out that um, that we're allowing the governor and the anti-hunters to ruin conservation in this state. So you and I had a conversation yesterday, and um, Tim Reagan, who is one of the commissioners, I'll just read this. So Tim Reagan, who made the initial initial motion Friday, said that there was a lot of room for improvement in WDFW's Black Bear Science. And the former executive director of the Marine Mammal Commission also said he personally found the hunt unethical. I think we've gotten into a lot of mistakes in our country, assuming we know what's going on with wildlife populations and then watch, watching them crash. Now, this is this yeah. is directly he's talking about. Our spring bear hunt, where we harvest 164 bears. There's about 600 tags given out. We only harvest about 2,000 bears in this state, and we have a population that we think could be upwards of 20,000 bears. I've, we, seen, I've seen numbers in excess of 30,000 as an estimate. Listen, this, we've been, this hunt's been going on for over a decade, I believe. This, our bear population is thriving in Washington state. There is no chance it's of our bear population over, it, crashing. Yeah, it's overpopulated. You know, on that comment, and I'm familiar with the comment that you're referring to, when he talks about um, what's going on with wildlife populations and then watching them crash, there has never been, never, a, a hunted species by licensed hunters go extinct in the United States since licensing and regulation started. Yeah, what we, what we have so, seen is recovery all over the country. Largely funded oh, yeah. by hunters. 
and and the oh, re- yeah. and yes. protected by hunters. Yeah. We care more than anybody. So I'm gonna have you react to another comment. We're talking to John Wallace. If you want to jump on um, Andy Walgamot's very well written article in Northwest Sportsman Magazine, it really outlays this, and you can see a copy of Mr. Wallace's letter. But but John, when you have a commissioner like Melanie Rowland that just flatly states, and I quote, "I am against bear hunting." Unquote. Where is the science in that argument? Are, aren't aren't our commissioners supposed to utilize the best available wildlife science by which to inform their decisions upon the commission? Well, of course, there isn't any science in that. It's all emotion. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Melanie Rowland didn't even want to review the pro hunting comments that were submitted before the um, before the hearing that that prohibited spring bear hunt. She she had no interest at all in reviewing the hunter comments. And that should tell you right there that this is unfair representation and lopsided representation. Um, John, don't we have two two commissioners that are kind of on our side that are going to they're at the end of their term here pretty quick. And the governor is going to go appoint two commissioners to take their place. Don't we have two more that we're kind of rotating out here pretty quick? Yes. And there's no reason to believe that Mm -hmm. the governor's not going to continue doing what he's doing. I mean, this is this is part of the his green outlook um is to end hunting and i don't know why and does he have a funding because mechanism to take the place of all the license sales and all the the, the taxes that are generated uh through the pittman robertson act to fund all these programs I, i'm guessing he, he probably doesn't does he sure yeah. the taxpayers of washington mm-hmm. will pick up a third of the cost of running the wdfw and so that everybody can go look at wildlife and uh, hunters don't need to be involved. Uh, there's nothing he likes better than when, new taxpayer money. That's exactly, that's exactly right. And I've said this again and again and again on the show, especially with regard to young hunters. It's impossible for people to care about that which they do not experience. And to take these experiences yeah. away from... One of the most passionate groups in Washington, which 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 are all hunters. I mean, we feel a connection, John. I think you'll agree with me to the land, to the animals. This is how we this is how we feed ourselves, right? And there's just this, this ideological movement away from traditional consumptive pursuits that I find extremely troubling. It's a restriction of our rights, and to your point, sir, and your citation of the of the RCWs, it's illegal. Yes, it is. Look, hunters only comprise about 3.4% of the Washington population, yet they pay for a third of the Department of Fish and Wildlife's budget. And they represent conservation, ethics, humanity. Uh, I love animals. I don't care if I don't take an animal during a hunting season. Being out there with them is is wonderful. And I do projects that help them maintain their habitat uh, and 
I advocate for hunting because hunting is conservation. It certainly is, sir. And I appreciate appreciate you jumping on this morning again. I just want to I just want to state one more thing. In a recent survey across the United States, 80% of the population surveyed did not have an issue, a problem or an objection to big game or bird hunting within the United States of America. Uh, John Wallace, we thank you for your time. I appreciate and respect your fact that you took the time to sit down and write a scarlet letter to Olympia. Again, if you want to jump on uh, Northwest Sportsman Magazine, you can find uh, John's, a piece of John's story and his letter. Uh, thank you very much again, Mr. Wallace, and please keep in touch. Hey, thank you all. I appreciate the forum. Thank right. you, John. Take thank care. you very weekend, much, man. John. All right, coming up next, a critically acclaimed Award-winning Northwest Outdoor Report right here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. The Northwest Outdoor Report is brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Taking your safety seriously for over 70 years. Tom Sakamoto over at Three Rivers Marina Woodville says we need a good rain to get those steelhead running on the Skycomish River. He's heard of a few winter steelhead being caught, however. And they've got two fish on the derby board right now at the store. Those fish are in the five to six pound range, though, and are easily beatable in the Three Rivers Marine. Steelhead derby, BNR beads, or jigs under a float are the ticket for catching winter steelhead on the Skycomish system. Tom said he expects the fishing to pick up considerably once we get some rain and some water in the river to bring those fish in. The Columbia River Spring Chinook forecast came out this week in the preseason. Looks outstanding for springers next year. Total run size of 307,000 springers. Forecast hit the Columbia, which is up considerably from last year. 71,000 expected to hit the Willamette. 9,000 forecast for the Cowlitz. Drano is also forecast to get eight grand, which is up from a forecast of just 3,800 last year. The Upper Columbia forecast is scheduled to get a run of 198,000 springers alone. Pretty much every tributary of the Columbia is expected to see an improved spring Chinook run this year, which is great news for anglers. Last year, most of the salmon runs of the Columbia far outperformed the forecast, and if this run follows suit, this should be an outstanding salmon fishing year on the Columbia and Tribs. David Dietrich from Adventure Angling in Tacoma says the sea-run cutthroat fishing in the South Sound is still on fire right now. David said he's been fishing shrimp patterns close to the beach and catching both sea-run cutties and resident coho. He's also been nymphing a worm that he ties up that's similar to a San Juan worm under a strike indicator, and he says that that's been working great. David Dietrich says the months of January through March are prime time for both Sea Run Cutthroat and Resident Coho in the South Sound, and he expects the fishing to be great. For a great saltwater fishing trip on the Sound, look him up at AdventureAngling.com. It isn't too early to start planning your trip to the Seattle Boat Show. The largest boat show on the West Coast is set for February 3rd through the 11th at Lumen Field Event Center in downtown Seattle. You'll find hundreds of watercraft on display at the event center, from stand-up paddle boards all the way up to 60-foot cruisers and everything in between. Extra be given up giving daily seminars on boating and fishing, and there's hundreds of vendors at the show with nearly every boating accessory imaginable. That's the Seattle Boat Show coming up February 3rd through the 11th. Get more information online at seattleboatshow.com. Dates are also set for the Washington Sportsman Show coming up February 1st through the 5th at the Puyallup Fairgrounds. Shows a full lineup of seminar speakers, countless outfitters and guides, booths from your favorite manufacturers, the outdoor industry, and outdoor cooking camp, and so much more. Log on to thesportshows.com for information about the Western Washington Sportsman Show coming up the week of February 1st. Read the news, Joe. Read the news. Come on, Joe. Read it. You can do it. Read it. Other other important (laughs) world news includes a hippo that ate a two-year-old boy in Uganda this past week. That's right. The hippo snatched up the small child as he was playing next to a lake in Uganda, a quick-thinking bystander that should have a major league contract shortly threw rocks at the animal until it vomited the boy back up. 
the child was rushed to a local hospital where he was treated for non-life-threatening injuries. Now we play the waiting game. <laughs> no, the waiting game sucks. Let's play Hungry Hungry Hippos. The Northwest Outdoor Report has been brought to you by Les Schwab Tires. Find the best in tires, brakes, wheels, batteries, shocks, struts, and more at leschwab.com. The last I, news I, item I will ever write for the Outdoor Report right there. I feel another spot on Jesse Waters' primetime yeah. live. <laughs> Hippos gone wild. Don't laugh, dude. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, Joey, Joey did another hit on, on Jesse Waters this week. It's, it's, it's becoming a common thing. All right. Uh, the forecast meeting had fireworks of the correct kind. And uh, one of the one of the best sticks down on that big creek is Bill Monroe Jr. He's going to join us next to walk through what should be the first indication of a really, yes. really solid 23 skidoo. Here we go. I love it. 2023 looking good from here. Bill Monroe Jr. going to tell us all about it here next on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and Seattle Sports app. Get in, sit down, hold on, and listen up. You're in the RenaissanceMarineGroup.com's wheelhouse, brought to you by Weldcraft, Duckworth, and Northwest Boats. Welcome to the, back to the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports 710 and Seattle Sports app. So, do you remember that scene in in uh, in Steve Martin's The Jerk when the new phone books are here, the new phone books are here? That's that's kind of my reaction typically with the salmon forecasts. And I know somebody that shares that level of enthusiasm is none other than Bill Monroe Jr., salmon guide extraordinaire down on the Big River, the Columbia River. Good morning, Bill Monroe Jr. How you doing? Oh, good morning, morning Mr. Bill. Tom. How are you? Morning, Bill. Doing great, man. I'm doing great. Thanks hey, for jumping. Guys. Got to love this forecast, buddy. 307,000 springers forecast for the Columbia Killer River here forecast. coming up. You see, you see that overall number right there? Yeah. That, you know, this is the one we were, like, digging into numbers the other day because we did that on, on, the, on the 14th. Uh, we, did, we did our uh, preseason run forecast meetings. And uh, to see that kind of number, it's the highest overall since 2015. So, I mean, that's a big deal. Big so, deal. It's a really big something, deal. Something's working. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so if we were given a packet of information, and one of the things that, that I found very encouraging, and I know you seized upon too, was the chart that's referred to as Noah's stoplight chart, Bill. Okay? So yep. when yep. when you looked at that and saw the year 2021, what did you see? You know, I saw 2021 was actually really good. Um, if, if, if you notice, 2021 it, in our stoplights of all, we, I think it's, is that a 20-year matrix? I, I don't have it's it on a 20, I think it is. So I'm looking at it right now. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to throw you into a trap there. No, here it is. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep. That's so, a 20-year mix, approximately. Yeah, okay. closer to 25. And, yeah. Well, yeah, and, and 2021 was like the first in like 15 or 10 to have no red. And the ocean was super healthy. The the warm blob had been gone for like probably two years or had been at least downtrending. So that was good. And then even 2022 has very few, um, uh, um, you know, kind of concerning spots. But overall, 2021 was Fantastic. When you look at the ranks of these years, and it is a 25-year time span, the year 2021 yeah. was the second best in that 25-year, and, and last yep. year was still it, the 12th. And so we have yeah. an ocean that's completely turned around. So not only has it, this manifested itself in the numbers of fish, 
but I think we're starting to see a reflection in the average size of oh, these yeah, as definitely. well, Bill. Oh, yeah. Did, yeah, last year the Willamette fish were bigger than they've ever been. And that to our Willamette stock, and, and, you know, that's a different – the Willamette River is kind of a little special, unique little thing. It's one of the only rivers that flows, you know, from south to north, blah, blah, blah. It's just a special ecosystem, right? But typically in the past they've been really, really large – really large fish because the springers are big in the Willamette. Well, last year we started seeing that average 20 to like 19 mark. And that was fantastic. We haven't seen that in a long time. Well, and and the the genetics are there. Those fish just needed a little bit of food out in the ocean and they got it. I mean, we saw at buoy 10, we saw multiple or heard of multiple fish over 30 pounds. Well, and and by the way, guys, Last or the 2022, the buoy 10 season for 2022 was the four-year-old average return. Next year is mm-hmm. the five and six-year-olds uh, for, you know, I'm ready for next year. It's going to be something because, <laughs> and then. And you yeah. guys, you guys talk yeah. about the stoplight chart. This is a matrix that's put oh, yeah. out by the departments and it, it, it's an, it's all the different ocean indicators. See, the ocean is the pasture that all these fish go out to. They go out and feed, and they come back. And for the, yep. for a while there during the blob, a lot of the indicators on there, they use yellow, and they use red, and they use green. It was a lot of red, mostly lot of red. red. Yeah. Now it's mostly yeah. green, and we're going back yeah. up. And you watch these runs. They're coming up, and, and, and they're healthy, at least into the Columbia. we got some work to do elsewhere. But that Columbia deal, we're on the upswing, and yeah. this is this right here. Uh, is a major indicator of that. Last year, the forecasts were pretty good, and all those runs came in way over forecast. If these runs come in over forecast, boy, we're going to have one heck of a a season down in the Columbia. Yeah, the ocean ocean outperformed itself last year, or this year, I should say. For the first time, I mean, we haven't had rolling ocean closures, you know, for like a long beach, that long beach section that we couldn't fish. We haven't had that in decades. And it was gangbusters when you went out there in early, uh, well, probably actually late July and early, early August. August. It mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, it was, yeah. and, and we we finally, yeah. you know, Joey and I finally popped out over the bar because we were just having a ball in the river. But yeah, what was going on out there was absolutely phenomenal. So, so Bill Monroe, oh, yeah. Bill Monroe Jr. joins us this morning. When we're talking about the Columbia River uh, Springer and 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 some of the some of the other forecasts. And there's some sockeye numbers that are that are eye opening as well. We've we've got a we've got a number of uh, two hundred and thirty four thousand that uh, was was bigger than last year's forecast of 168 and actually over half a million sockeye showed up. Um, We're also looking at at a bump in some summer Chinook numbers as as well. But towards the end of the meeting, Bill Monroe Jr., you asked, hey, listen, gang, um, what is this going to look like with regard to opportunity? If we have this many more springers, if this is the forecast that we're working on, our only real opportunity at these is the end of March and the first little little tiny sliver of April that we get. And so tell yeah. us what you asked and, and what was your feeling following your question? I, I, I always, this is a tough one for me because my big thing is meaningful opportunity. Yeah. And that's, I've been fighting for that my whole career in the, in the Pacific Northwest outdoor realm. The opportunity to go out and catch a fish is a big deal to me. And that's what, that's everything. It's everything. So last year, you know, we get kind of cut back a little early. I mean, fishing till April 6th, 
um, right when the fishing really doesn't really start to really mean much until <laughs> until, uh, until you know the last week of March. <laughs> we April six really didn't. We get it a, didn't sit well with a lot of us. Yeah. We get and a lot of fake opportunities. Numbers. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, here you go, we guys. Here, numbers. Here's your yeah. season. Yeah. And then as soon as the fish show up, yeah. they're like, yeah. well, we've got to wrap this thing yeah. up. Hey, you guys, go fishing on Valentine's yeah. Day. Go Springer fishing yeah. in February. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And you will. Thanks. Trust you me. Guys, it's <laughs> yeah. just really difficult. And they understand that their their main job is to provide or to the, they actually word it differently. They want to manage the resource. That's how they word it. But for us, we know that they're trying to provide, you know, people who buy a license to go out and catch a fish or to shoot a deer, whatever. Or what you should be, you know, getting a bear in spring. But that's yeah. a whole yeah, there you go. Yeah, there we go. Sorry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, anyways, so I, I'm sitting here and I'm telling them, hey, we're going to have probably double the allocation of what we had last year, somewhere in the maybe nine to 12,000 mark. We need to be able to fish into April as much as possible. And, you know, a couple of the managers, their responses are typically, well, you know, that's really hard. You know, you can't just give up some March days for like one or two extra April days. I agree with that. But when they start looking at it and they keep shutting things down early because they think we're going to get real close to a certain, you know, allocation number by a certain day. Therefore we're not going to do it. We have a 30% buffer. We also have uh, this forecast, which is always very, very gracious. It, it actually sits under the usual. And so we should be able to, to, to actually get, further in April. And that's my, my opinion. I, there are so many people that, that um, they squawk at my ear and we're always like yelling at me. It's like, we're trying, we are trying to get these seasons to actually work a little bit better. Um, but it's very difficult when we've had, you know, rough oceans or bad forecasts or, you know, uh, it's actually daunting. Um, it's really stressful. It, it is, and, and there's so many variabilities with that spring Chinook fishery. You know, we, we've got more than 100% of the snowpack right now, so there's going to be a big runoff. That's definitely going to going to affect the fleet's effectiveness. But, you know, the, the thing I'm hatting, at the end of the day, Bill Monroe Jr., agencies always under-forecast rebounding runs, and they always over-forecast declining runs. With these ocean conditions and what we're seeing right now, uh, and and hopefully you know we're we're still in a in a La Nina pattern, man. I I think I think we we're we're going to see some increasing runs, and 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 that's that's yeah. exciting, and it's going to going to be interesting to see what that translates into. Also, in as far yeah. as a buoy ten opportunity, but we'll uh we'll have we'll have time to talk about that, Bill. You got to promise me to come back on the show, and and we can talk about things okay. down on the big creek later in the year, buddy. Yeah, I want to hear about some I tips and yeah. tactics and kind of your you know we'll get into well, it later. But plenty your, of time between now and February to, to get catch going these there. springers. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. yeah. Hey, Merry Christmas, Bill. Thanks yeah. for coming on, Bill. buddy. We appreciate your time and uh, have yourself a great you weekend. Bet, and you and your family have a great Christmas, man. Thanks, buddy. You guys all have a Merry Christmas, too. All, all, right. Bill. all right. Bill Monroe Outdoors.com is the website. He's uh, his father for a long time, uh, journalist down in uh, the Oregonian, Oregonian, I think. I may that may be incorrect. Bill Monroe Outdoors.com. I, I mean, him, Eric Lindy, 
Jack Glass. I, I mean, you're, you're talking about heroes of the faith down, oh, yeah. down that neck of the woods, man. There's no question about it. Coming up next, the hottest report who heard all week the techniques you need to succeed. It's Roy Robinson RVs. Really? Where? And it's next here on the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. No way. you got to be kidding me. Really? Where? It's coming back. The island is sending the ladies. Where'd you get them, man? No way. you, you got to tell me. I, I, I'm not going to tell anybody. Ocean Journey Red. Hey, man, can you tell me where you got them? I'll never put on a life jacket again. Welcome to RoyRobinsonRV.com's Really? Where? Where? RoyRobinsonRV.com will take you anywhere. Really? time for you to step up to the number one Winnebago dealer in the Northwest, the all-new Robinson RV Center in Smoky Point. 866-979-3776. That's the Reverse Chine Hotline brought to you by Wellcraft Duckworth Northwest Boat. And we got Robbie from Renton on line one. <laughs> okay. uh, tell back what's up, man. How you doing? Dude, I can't believe Robbo's got to have the hardest head of anybody I've ever known. I'm definitely stubborn. <laughs> and, that's for sure. And Nelly even wore him out, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> uh, Washington State Cougar, former Seattle Seahawk, all around good guy, and our former business partner, Rob Tobeck, joining the show. Back He's, when we used to split the show 50 50 50 between the three of us. And, and those yeah. were the good old days, oh, yeah. buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, for me, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I said, you know, it was the greatest thing ever when we, the three of us were on that show, we had a lot of fun and everything, but I, I was just so proud of Robbo. Now we can kind of tell the story since he's, he's kind of stepping away is that, you know, if you guys recall when this thing first started, we used to have to write the questions out for Robbo and stuff like that. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, he, 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 he progressed and, uh, you know, becoming oh. a, you know, expert, uh, radio guy like he is now. I finally, I had the salmon. We had to go through all the different species, you know, I mean, what's a steelhead? What's a salmon? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, those were good times, man. We had a lot of laughs and a lot of just hilarious stuff. I can remember we were in Costa Rica one time and I was supposed to stay on the beach and help you work on stuff all day. And this boat is right behind me. Leave it. And I'm talking to you on the dock and the boat unties. And I just stepped right backwards onto the swim step. <laughs> and you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, there's no turning back now. I'm gone. I took off and Tobek's on the on the land. Yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, just hilarious. Well, I, stuff. Me- I remember that same trip when uh, we were uh, there was about a 70, 80 pound rooster fish in the marina, and you and oh. I were shooting each other up trying to grab a rod, and uh, you know they wouldn't uh, wouldn't there let us. There was some tackle football going marina. on in that marina yeah. that day. That was a huge yeah. rooster fish right swimming around the boat, and those those were yeah. good times, man. We had a lot of lot of fun, and uh, thank you for helping us get this show, man. That was a long time ago, two thousand nine. Well, yeah, you know, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was funny because, you know, uh, people just assumed that Robbo and I had been buddies for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. We literally, I think the show started April. Yeah. I had met Robbo in January. In Panama. And you in stepped Panama, off a bus. And I'd never met you before. We hit it up. We were just like, we'd known each other our whole lives. We're hanging out down there, screwing around, you know, fishing and, and smoking cigars and screwing off down there in Panama. And, and uh, that's when you brought up the, the idea of this radio show to me. And I said, you know what? Before I left, this guy, Tom Nelson, he called me too about this deal. When you get home, you should call Tom and you guys should do this radio show together. Yeah. And, and you, Tom and I had done, you know, done some radio together in, mm-hmm. in the past once or twice but didn't really know tom that well and and uh that's what i love about you guys you guys were always you know um just good dudes my kind of dudes you know the kind of guys that, that the guys like to hang out with you know and and that's what made the show so fun and 
Um, and then, you know, years later, you know, you plug Joey in and, and things mm-hmm. just keep rolling and stuff like that. And, but, uh, yeah, great memories. And, and I'm, I, I still count myself, uh, you know, uh, lucky and, and privileged to have been part of bringing the outdoor line back to uh, the Pacific Northwest. When we were first populating the website, theoutdoorline.com, we made a deal that we each had to write a blog. We'd take a turn and write a blog a month. And Rob... What am I going to write about this month? What's, what, a, what's a blog? What, what am I going to write? What the heck am I going to write about this month? And so Tobek came up with this how to save your marriage deal. And it was how he organized his mustad fish hooks in the garage. Is that is that is, is that fair? Is that well, something like that. But yeah, it's just all about uh, being organized and organization and stuff. And, and uh, you know, one of the things that, that the show was great for me was, you know, I – I, I love to fish, fish all over the place and, and go and fish and do everything I can. And, but I, you know, I knew how to salmon fish and knew how to do some of the stuff, but it was a real education for me to, to up my game because there was a, you know, I'm not from the Northwest and I did, you know, I didn't grow up fishing in the Northwest like you guys did. And so, um, you know, you know, there was a real education for me at times. And I think that's where, uh, one of the things I, I love about not only doing the show with you guys, but just fishing with you guys, being on the boat with you guys, because uh, with both you guys, every time I'm on the boat with you, I'm paying attention and, and, and learning something. And that's one of the things I encourage people to do is go fish with other people because other good fishermen, because you can always learn stuff. You can always pick things up. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I love about hanging out with you guys is, you, you know, you make me a better fisherman. Well, listen, I'm going to have a bunch more time on the weekends coming up here. Yeah. So we're going to have to get out here we go. on Saturday yeah. morning and do a so, little fishing. We're going to be down there in your neck of the woods today, too. We're playing a little hoops down there in Rent today, so I'll be giving you a call. I might, might swing so, by and, and bring the girls by, buddy. So, so before, well, before, we, before we let you go, buddy, you're, you're down in L.A. today. You're, you're going you're gonna to watch the L.A. Bowl and your beloved Cougs oh, that's down, right. uh, down in L.A., uh, we'd be remiss if if we didn't you know let you say a couple things about the recently and dearly departed uh, mm-hmm. coach Mike Leach, buddy. Well, you know he, as you guys know, he was a special guy. I was, uh, you know, I, I I feel lucky to have gotten to know him and lucky to to you know have some memories, you know, uh, personal memories with him and stuff like that. He was just, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever seen the outpouring uh, uh, for the death of a sports figure in particular. Uh, like, like we've seen this way, you know, it, it, it kind of, it's kind of blown my mind. I mean, he, he touched a lot of people and, and he, he, a lot of people don't know or didn't see until this week, the, the, you know, the softer, I want to call it the softer side of Mike Leach, but that's who Mike Leach was. He cared about people, um, you know, and, you know, he was hard on his football teams at times, but at times and, you know, but, but he did care about people, his players, you know, after spending time with them, they, they grow to love them. And, and, uh, he made young men, he made young boys into young men. And, uh, I think there's a lot of people throughout the country that, that, that owe him a lot and feel that way about him. That's why you've, you've seen the outpouring that you've seen this way. It's not only his, uh, you know, the, the, the jokes, the quirkiness, you know, the bluntness, uh, those are all beautiful things. And, and, uh, but he's a guy that's going to be missed and, and certainly, um, with Cougar Nation, he's going to be missed because, you know, he he uh, he he got our program back on track and and uh, took us to what, you know, five or six bowl games in a row uh, before he left, and that was uh, you know that was unprecedented in our history, and so, um, you know, we all feel indebted to him. 
so and and you're also on the forefront of a new NIL push with regard to Wazoo. And I'm going to hold my breath and not throw up and let you mention that. Uh, is it 1890? <laughs> well, yeah, Cougar fan. You know, well, you know, NIL is the new reality in college sports nowadays, and and uh, used to be the arms race was facilities. Now it's NIL deals for your players and. I know you. You Dub has uh, has the dog, has the it. Dog Derby. Dog Derby. Yes, yeah, yeah. he said it. It came yeah. out of his mouth. I heard it. But uh, <laughs> at Washington State University, we have uh, the Cougar Collective, CougarCollective.org, and we have the 1890 Club. So if you're a Coug and you're interested in NIL, uh, go there. There's some educational pieces on there. If you got more questions, reach out to us. We'll answer your questions. But uh, what we need is we need Cougs uh, participating, um, and it'll give Coach Dickert and all the coaches at Washington State the ammo they need when they're sitting across the table from a, a recruit and their parents. And, and those parents are asking about NIL deals at Washington state. But when the guys want to go salmon fishing, we're going to have them, right, Joey, that's it. We got you them. Bet. We got to come to the side of the hill. Hey, uh, thanks, give, give, us a, give us a pick on today's game, buddy. What do you go? What do you got? What's well, going to happen? It, it's going to be, you know, we've lost a couple guys at the portal. A couple coaches have gotten head jobs. So we've lost our coordinators, but I really feel confident in, in what our team's got. You know, Fresno state's a good team. Um, uh, you know, won the Mountain West Conference, uh, but uh, you know, I, I obviously I think my Cougs are going to win. I think we're going to win by about fourteen. Today. Good. So, so then next week the show starts at five o'clock. So you're going to be replacing uh, Ensley. So, we'll, so we need to be you need to be here about four thirty on Christmas we'll see Eve at Starbucks. to do the yeah, show. Yeah, right? See him down at Starbucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, as long as you're still buying Starbucks, you know, I'll, I'll be yeah. there. Hey, thanks for all the great all right. times, buddy, and we'll be so, in touch. And, and thanks for all the great friendship and everything, and, and I'll give you a call here in a little bit, buddy. All right, brother. All right. We'll, we'll thanks, see brother. you guys. Thanks for your time, right. man. Later, Robbie. Former Seahawk All-Pro, all-around good guy, business partner, Robbie Tobeck. And then when we were in Costa Rica, one of the things we did was, was the day after, when you got back to the dock, after you caught your first billfish, Matt Nelson? Went for a yeah. little swim. Apparently, it's a tradition that after you catch your first billfish, you get tossed into the dock, into the water off the dock. I still don't think that's an actual tradition. Well, I think you said it was a tradition as possibly. an excuse Look, to push me into water. possibly been <laughs> some shenaniganry going on you're there. You're rolling but around with a bunch of screwballs. The only yeah, thing that saved your old man from going in the water was his cell phone, right? Oh, yeah, because he's never lost any cell phones yeah, so. in the ocean. Hey, man, mm-hmm. I want to thank you, too, man. You have been just an absolute rock star for years here. How long have you been working here, man? I don't want to think about that. Man. <laughs> always you, shows up early for work. You, always uh, stays late. You, uh, um, you, you've you officially over 10 years now at the yeah. at the station. And so when we first... And really, the producers are the unsung heroes of these dude. shows back there. I mean, if you ever look at the control booth, it is a dizzying array yeah. of buttons and switches and screens. I only and know what screens. half of them do. <laughs> <laughs> he's so also you, kind Matt. of the, he's thank also you. kind of the voice of reason at times. Yeah. You, at times, like all the time. Back. Yeah, when, for sure. When we first started the show, Liz Matthews was our producer, right? And uh, and and Liz worked with John Clayton as well. I mean, mm-hmm. holy smokes, how time passes. You know, good remembrance of John Clayton passed earlier this year in the spring, un- untimely. You worked with Matt. You were, excuse me. You worked with John Clayton. You were his board op for for a number of years, and uh, yeah. And Liz Matthews actually trained you. Mm-hmm. And uh, and said, "Hey, listen, hire this guy. We don't want to get up and listen to these fishermen anymore." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty classic stuff, Matthew. So thanks for all you do, sincerely. But yeah. uh, you know, and and moving forward would be difficult and daunting had mm-hmm. we not got Joey Pyburn here, you know, and and Joey, one of the best. I brag about you all the time, dude. Joe. One of the best outdoorsmen I've ever been around, and I mean that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. 
And dude, the last four years doing radio with you, kind of learning the process, you've you've helped me so much. And then just the time we spend together, dude, hunting in the backcountry, we become family, man. And and this whole thing, it's like uh, if the listeners don't know, we love each other. We, we're like family. The time we get to spend together on the water in the woods and here in the station, we have a blast. It's been it's, a locker it's been room. amazing. It's definitely yeah. a locker room, and and uh, if you if you didn't hear it early in the show, this is my last show here <laughs> on the outdoor line. Yeah, you weren't supposed to break through this. <laughs> That's brutal. All right, missing the show. You missing the show? Uh, hit the podcast, man. Thanks, thanks for listening, and and Merry Christmas to y'all. It's the outdoor line, Seattle Sports Station, seven ten, Seattle Sports app.